Welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. says, if you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end, we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Good morning, church. I am so excited to be here. Um, I have been praying all week and um, I actually had a really life transformative week. Um, And so uh, I'm praying that today uh, we would just all fall on our knees and worship the living God, that we would um, get excited and just know that God is here right now. He's here with us. Um, And so I just pray that you guys would hear the word and just um, be excited to hear from his voice from our living God today. So if you have a phone or a laptop or maybe a good old notebook um, and pen, I would love to invite you guys to pull that out um, because my hope is that uh, this would be a practical time and that you can write some things down. Um, And so I'm really hoping that you guys would be able to get something from today. So the first thing I want to invite you to write down is based on the scriptures and what you have personally experienced, what is the presence of God like? What does it feel like? What does it taste like? What does it smell like? What does it feel like? You know, when it's just you and him, what is that like? I just want to invite you today to be with him. Just be with him. Even in this time, in this moment, be with him. We don't have to wait. We don't have to muster up something within us. We can just be with him now. Um, So last summer, we did a series called The Practice of Presence, which is the title of today's sermon. Um, And we focused on spiritual disciplines. Some of the disciplines we covered were prayer, reading scripture, Sabbath, celebration, uh, fellowship, um, sharing our faith, uh, being in community. And I'd like to invite you to also go through the Practice of Presence Rise module. Um, it's, it covers a lot that we went through last year um, in addition to this one, um, and it'll be really good. I read the questions. It's, it's very um, personal, and so it'll be really good for you to go through that as well. 
Um, but today, we're not gonna pick any specific spiritual discipline, because we did that last year. We're gonna talk about uh, spiritual disciplines as a whole. So, what is it? What are spiritual disciplines? I feel like it's a word that's thrown around a lot, that we talk about a lot um, in the church. But um, today, what I really want to emphasize is that spiritual disciplines are disciplines of presence. When we are in the word, in community, in prayer, we are in God's presence. All of these things. When we're in Sabbath, when we're sharing our faith, we are in God's presence. And so to be spiritually disciplined is to be disciplined in practicing presence. Something I really want to emphasize is being, we are being diligent in being present in God's presence, where we are totally and utterly devoted to him. Because whatever we are most present with, whatever we are most focused on, we are most devoted to. So I have two questions I want to ask you and I want you to think through. What do you give your time to? Where do your thoughts tend to wander to? So what do you give your time to? And what, where do your thoughts tend to wander to? Because where our time goes, where our thoughts go, this is what we're devoted to. So now I want to read the passage again. And I want you to slowly listen. You know, um, the church is made to sit in the word and just listen and meditate and be in the presence of God. So I really want to read this to you guys. And I want you to sit in it. So it says, If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end, we toil and strive because we have our hopes set on the living God who is the savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Wow. Of all people. Wow. This is such a powerful word. And I'm so excited to read this and walk through it with you guys. But the first thing I want to ask um, after this passage is, have you ever felt that there is something always pressing against you whenever you try to practice spiritual disciplines, any spiritual discipline? Your mind wanders, you start thinking about what needs to be done, you can't fully grasp what you're reading, you see words but you don't get it, you're hungry, you know, maybe you're tired, you're bored. Um, you feel a sense of urgency to get everything else done, and you just can't sit still. Maybe that's happening right now. Maybe you're hungry, maybe you're tired. Well, the reason for this is every effort, every inch of ourselves that we try to devote to Christ is a threat 
to the kingdom of darkness. This is a real war. We are in a war with the spiritual realm and also with our flesh. So we must stand firm. Stand firm, church. Continually seek him. Devote yourself to him. Be diligent in being present in his presence. Give Jesus all of yourself. Don't hold back, not a single aspect. It is actually not optional for us as Christians to not give our um, whole self to Jesus. It's not optional. Giving our whole lives to Jesus, our whole selves, is the life of a follower of Jesus. So you must be asking yourself, okay, Jamie, that's great, blah, blah, blah. But what does this look like? So my response to you is to focus on two things. It's about him, and he's already here right now. It's not about getting closer to him. It's about his closeness to us. Let me emphasize that. It's about his closeness to us his nearness, his presence. His presence is not far, it is not out of reach, and we need to shift our perspective to know that he is dwelling within us. If you're a follower of Jesus, you need to know and hold fast to the the truth that Jesus' death and resurrection eliminated distance. It eliminated it. There's nothing there. There's no need for an on and off switch. There's no appropriate time, appropriate environment for Jesus. Isn't being spiritually disciplined all about that? Being with him, being in his presence? Oh, guys, let's just be in his presence. So what does that look like? It looks like living and breathing his presence where disciplines catalyze and propel forth your relationship with Jesus. Disciplines itself are not the relationship. Your relationship with Jesus is not based on how many quiet times you have. It's not based on how many times you've read the Bible from cover to cover. It's so much more than that. In some sense, what I'm saying is a relief. We're not bound by the things we do, right? On the other hand, if we reflect honestly, we will see that our relationship with Jesus is both richer and emptier than we could have ever imagined. We are far more sinful than we deem ourselves to be, yet far more loved than we ever thought we were worthy of being. So what do we do with this tension? Do we just sit there? No, of course not. We respond. We need to diligently be present in his presence. So let's read the first part. It says, if you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. When I read irreverent silly myths, I think of um, 
just my, my own journey about how I felt like I have to wake up every day at a certain time, have a certain cup of coffee, have a certain journal, and um, have everything a certain way. And it just, this week, God just totally blew that out of the waters. He just tore it to pieces. Um, and I really want to invite you guys to that. Um, maybe me asking the question about the presence of God made you uncomfortable. Maybe you didn't know how to answer it. Not because you don't want to, not because you don't want to be in the presence of God, not because you're not interested, but simply because you're confused. Maybe you've been confusing the words of lies and doctrines of this world as the words of faith and good doctrine. So a question I have for you is, what agreements are you making with the enemy, with the world, and with the kingdom of darkness? An agreement is something you submit to, something you follow, a statement that you believe, something that forms your thinking, which forms the way you live. For example, a lie, okay? This is a lie. I am worthless unless I prove to be valuable in society. That could lead you to feel desperate for approval, um, and the words and opinions of others will influence your every decision. I remember for me, this is so, oh, this is so something I struggle with. I'm just constantly tossed to and fro um, by people and their opinions and what they think and what they say, and it made um, a lot of decisions difficult for me. Um, but the truth, and this is the truth, I am worthy because Jesus chose me and sees me as valuable. Ephesians 1, 3 to 4 says, He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. This should lead us to live for Jesus and no one else for the purpose of his glory, not your glory, not glory of the world, but his glory. And this should drive the way we live. This is the truth that we live for, for him and him alone. So we need to be diligent in filling ourselves with the truth filling ourselves with the scriptures because we are either molded by lies or molded by truth. Do you want to be molded by lies or you want to be molded by truth? Think about that. Do you want to be molded by this world or by the kingdom of heaven, by God himself, by Jesus? When we are not rooted in the word, not rooted in the scriptures, in his voice, we have a hard time knowing him. Too many voices can confuse us. We run into the danger of communing with someone else, with following a different voice. There's only one guarantee way to train yourself to hear his voice, and that is the word of God. I can't stress that more. There's only one guarantee way. It's in the scriptures. That is him. That is where you will find him. That is a guaranteed place of encounter with the presence of God. So how do you stand firm in his presence? 
by continuously knowing his voice and being in his voice. We tend to be trained by whatever continuously influences us the most. Whatever we surround ourselves with becomes what, who we are disciples to. So we become disciples to the world, to Facebook, to Instagram. We follow um, other people. We follow this world. And um, that just molds us. So the questions I want to put out there is, what is training you? What are you following? Who are you following? Then it says, rather train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For so long, the motivator for fitness for me was a certain goal a weight goal, a certain physique, and I failed miserably. Um, <laughs> because um, the fitness goal for you know, your weight and looking pretty or whatever um, can only last so long. It so easily loses momentum. And I know that many people can relate to this. But about a month ago, my husband Dave and I and I guess Ethan, because he lives with us, um, started to make, he's getting fit, started to make a series of small changes in our lives that would change the way we live. Small, small changes. Maybe it's drastic, I don't know. But it, it was just a series of changes. So what changed? What is different? Well, I'd say our motivation is more so about enjoying the life of being healthy, the enjoyment of glorifying God with our bodies, with everything, even our bodies. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, not 9 to 20, um, it says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Physical health and fitness is deeply valuable. We've been given our bodies to steward and care for well. Our physical bodies influence our mental health, our emotional health, and even our spiritual health. This is why fitness is an area of focus in our Rhythm 3 groups. But... Like the passage says, our spiritual lives, our spiritual walk, that is even more valuable. Just like physical discipline, spiritual discipline is not about becoming. It's rather about being. Physical health is about being healthy. Being spiritually disciplined is not about becoming godly, but rather being spiritually disciplined is being godly. We're not training to godliness, which implies that it's a destination and that we have to work hard and get there. It's not that training gets us to godliness, but rather training in itself is 
the actual discipline is bringing about godliness. Training, the diligence, the perseverance, it brings about godliness. So train, persevere. It says later on to toil and strive. Do not be fooled. There is hard work. Godliness is hard work. It involves toiling. But toiling and striving, struggling and that that tension, it's not a sign of spiritual death. Apathy, complacency, laziness, slothfulness, that is spiritual death. When you don't care for more, when you're satisfied with a little, when you're unwilling to be uncomfortable, when you make no sacrifices, that is death. But when we immerse ourselves in these disciplines, in this training um, for godliness, we are immersed in the presence of God, and the presence of God himself makes us more like Jesus. So immerse yourself in him. Immerse yourself, train, toil, and strive. So my questions I have for you is, have you stopped toiling and striving? And what sacrifice are you willing to make today in order, in order to toil and strive towards godliness? Or not to godliness. <laughs> Yeah, toil and strive for godliness. So it says, for to this end, we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is our savior of all people, especially for those who believe. Gosh, isn't that amazing? Let us focus on our hope. Let us be present. Our hope isn't in the things of this world. Our hope isn't in success. It's not in purpose. It's not in influence. Our hope is set on a God who is alive, a God who is even in this moment, as I'm speaking and you're sitting there, he is moving, he is with you, he is present, a God who hears us, a God who hears even the smallest thoughts that we have, a God who is genuinely, totally, and utterly in love with you, with me, with us. Oh, our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in the truth and the reality that Jesus' death and resurrection means intimacy with him. That is our hope. It means a life lived with and in and about him. Every breath, every moment, every thought is an opportunity to be with him. When I rise and wake up in the morning, I can be with him. When I go to bed at night, I can be with him. When I sleep, I can be with him. I get to hear his voice. I get to be his. I get to listen to the voice of my creator, of the creator. So, our spiritual disciplines become less and less about moments with God. It becomes less and less about God-focused activities. Spiritual disciplines becomes about a life lived in him. The more immersed we are, the less distinction there is. Life 
is an overflow of his presence. Let's pray. Father, you are here, God, and you hear our voice and you hear our thoughts and you know that we are crying out to you. And so, God, we fall on our knees and we worship you, God, because you love us, because you died on the cross and resurrected, because you wanted to be with us, you want to be near us, you want to be here, you want to give us that. And so, Lord, forgive us for not seeing that. Forgive us for trying to um, put you in a box, God, and let us be with you always at all times and when we live and breathe when we wake up in the morning let us be with you and so God I pray that as we um, enter spiritual disciplines in our lives let it propel us forward let us bring us to your presence let us enrich in our relationship with you God it is so rich it is such a privilege and an opportunity to be your child to be in your presence so God I thank you and I pray over Trinity Life Church today that we would be a church that is immersed in your presence bringing forth your presence your kingdom to this world and that every person that meets us, God, would meet with you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.